Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins Podcast, where I'm dedicated to helping you take control of your life. I'm Sue Saller, and I'm excited to be your host on this journey. I'll be bringing you inspiring stories, practical tips, and expert advice to help you overcome obstacles, set and achieve your goals, and live the life you've always wanted. Together, we'll discover that making small changes is not only possible, but can lead to big results. Join me now as we explore the power of positive thinking, the art of goal setting, and strategies for success. Are you ready? Let's go do this. All right. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast. I would love to welcome my very special guest, Kyle Curtin, to our show. Kyle is a real estate investor with three doors. He also hosts a podcast called Creating Wealth and still works a W-2. His mission is to inspire others to take action and control of their lives. Welcome, Kyle. I am excited you're here today. Sue, thank you very, very much. It is uh, a true honor uh, to, to be on your show. And I'm really excited with, you know, the, the podcast that you've created so far and, and the community that like you've already started to build. And it's extremely exciting to, uh, to see and, and also be a part of. Thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad you're here. So everybody, regardless of their age, has a superhero backstory. So I cannot wait for you to share yours with my listeners. Sure thing. No, thank you very, very much. So I am a 22-year-old that has found my passion in real estate investing, pretty much just multifamily. To your point, I do still have a W-2 job. Um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much found this passion over the past couple of years. It all essentially started in 2018, a couple months before I turned 18 years old. I was just bored on my computer one day. Some weird urge from the universe told me to just look up what investing was on a computer. And I did that and it completely changed my life tenfold. Um, you know, I started to really like, you know, just, just dig into this whole new world, like this absolutely like beautiful space, you know, about mm -hmm. investing and trading time for money. And, you know, at first I started to kind of learn about, uh, stocks and like the equities markets and, and building dividend portfolios and that, that type of deal, uh, that led into reading rich dad, poor dad, which many, mm -hmm. many of the, the listeners will definitely be familiar with. That eventually led into real estate, which definitely uh, is the rabbit hole that I've I've jumped down the most, you know, since then. <laughs> how how old were you when you bought your first property then? I was 21. Oh, wow. Okay. So what do you remember when you did that Google search? What were the first couple of things that came out that came up Ooh. for you when you were doing that? I want to say it was probably an Investopedia article. They're, you know, kind of a, a big yeah. website. Yeah. In the Invest Investopedia is awesome. I, yes, it used, is. It, I used Investopedia <laughs> when I was studying for my Series 7, my Series 66 exams. I don't know if I would have passed the tests, honestly, if it wasn't for Investopedia. So, you know, it just kind of started the entire journey. And from that point, uh, you know, just kept continuing to listen to like the Bigger Pockets podcast on my way to work every day, uh, you know, starting to read books, starting to go to networking events and things like that. That eventually led to me taking a 40 hour real estate class, which resulted in me getting my license as an agent in Massachusetts. Um, so I, I am a licensed agent in Mass I'm with a company called Candor Realty. It's out of Lowell. 
pretty much just specialize in like multifamily and that's definitely my cup of tea if if you can't tell <laughs> is, it, is that how you found your multi was through them how did you find your multi um kind of i'd say i definitely you know owe a, a lot to those guys i've i've really grown up quite a bit you know within that company and and having that kind of community around me and it's definitely been a blessing um are they, you know, yeah so. are they agents and investors at the same time Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. There are real estate agents out there and then there are real estate investors. And when you find that person who is both, you have a rare gem. Talk about some situations that shaped who you are and what you learned from them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree to a, something you mentioned a minute ago, Sue, about like when you find like an agent and an investor, you know, kind of duo together, I feel like it's a lot more it's a lot stronger of a bond between you and other investors out there with you and, and clients, because like, I'm the guy that, you know, is dealing with the oil tanks going on me two weeks after I, I you know, bought the property yeah. and having to deal with that. Um, and it's just like to be able to, to kind of share those stories with the people around you. It's extremely relatable. I feel like that's, that's kind of an okay segue into one of the stories that has shaped who I am today. And a very, very big lesson that I learned from that, uh, that experience. So basically to kind of keep it short, while I was going through due diligence, when it came to this property, there was two oil tanks in the basement. So I actually to step back one more, just to kind of, you know, follow the story. So I have, I bought a three family building in Lemonster, Massachusetts. One of the units has an oil fired furnace. One of them has an oil fired boiler. Each of them have their own oil. <laughs> tanks and then the last unit has electric baseboards so they just have mm -hmm. electricity and, and they're all good mm -hmm. well while i was going through due diligence for the property there was two the two oil tanks in there were both ridiculously old and they had been there they had seen you know quite a bit in their days and um i i got it on my radar you know what i mean that like eventually at some point you know i was gonna have to do something about this i weren't gonna last mm -hmm. for it. but right. the mentality that i had was oh you know these things are like well over 40 years old you know what i mean yeah, and they'll last another 40 right yeah and the kind of mentality that i had was i had this big master plan right so i called up our gas and electric provider in that area is a company called national grid and they cover a, a ton in Massachusetts and, and other areas. And I called them up and I was like, hey, you know, just out of curiosity, where is the closest gas line in relation to my property? I'm like, I got a couple oil tanks here. There's uh, basically there's this incentive program in Massachusetts called MassSafe. And they basically they do a, a, a ton of programs. They're basically like a big company to incentivize, you know, people to switch from uh, like heating sources that use fossil fuels, like oil and, and propane and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And they'll give you like huge rebates to install like, you know, uh, ductless mini splits in your properties, um, you know, and convert to cleaner burning uh, resources. While I was going through due diligence, I called up National Grid because my plan was going to be to use mass save to convert my oil fired furnace and my oil fired burner that were also very old themselves into like mm -hmm. brand new 90% efficiency gas fired units and like, you know, just right. wipe out that whole mess in the oil tanks, like just get, get away with the oil, you know yeah. what I mean? So I called up national grid during my inspection period 
And I, I asked them, I'm like, oh, you know, where's the closest gas line in relation to the property? And they're like, oh, there's actually one like like the mains right out front, you know, and, and we'll cover the gas lines. We'll cover, um, you know, putting the, the gas meters outside like that's all on us. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, this is absolutely like what I'm going to do at the time. It was, you know, the middle of the winter. And like I had the woman send me over like the forms and everything to fill everything out. I started mm -hmm. getting things going and I was like, all right, sweet. Like I'll fill everything out now. I'll use, you know, have them come out in the springtime, put the gas line mm -hmm. out, put the meters out, put the the brand new units in with mass save, get the credits back. And like I had this whole entire like workflow kind of going on. <laughs> well, <laughs> literally like the day after, I kid you not, it was on a Sunday night. It was like 20 something degrees out. It was like 7.30 at night. I decided to go into the basement to find both of my oil tanks leaking oil from the middle oh, of the bottom no. of the tank. And it was oh, only my. like, you know, one drip like every once in a while. Like, it's not like yeah, I had but, like a... Yeah, but still. Exactly, you know? Yeah. It's not like I had like a sea of red, you know? Like <laughs> like the, the well, red that's sea. Good. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. <a> good thing. <laughs> it, it taught me a lot because in the moment I kind of freaked out. I was... um. I was trying to call like everybody that I could possibly think of. Right. I was calling like my delivery company for the oil. I was calling like anybody that would show up on Google. Right. Um, to try and get somebody out here to, to somehow help me. Cause I, I don't know what to do. And naturally it was Sunday night. So like companies weren't open. I had like, you know, companies telling me like, no, like that's an environmental hazard. You need to call the EPA. I'm like, all right, hold the phone. Hold on. <laughs> I'm like, one, one moment. It's, it's here. an oil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, I, I didn't spill a tanker. It was it's just <laughs> dripping yeah. you know, on the, on the ground. Exactly. In a pan now, you yep. know? <laughs> it wasn't exactly. the And uh, so basically I kept going through Google. I kept calling everybody or one of the results on Google that, was a little bit different was to call your town fire department and i was like okay well i don't really know who else to call it's sunday night it's cold out uh one of the tanks belongs to the unit that i was owner occupying and one of the other tanks belongs to a tenant that has multiple small children that are under like mm. 10, 10 years old so i'm already like freaking out right yeah. exactly you know and i called up the fire department and I, I spoke to the um like the operator and i was like hey I was trying to be as, as cool as a cucumber as I could be. Right. And I was like, Hey, you know, like I have a couple oil tanks. Like I just bought a property. Like they're dripping like a very, very tiny amount. Like it's, it's nothing crazy. Like it's, it's under control. Like, you know, I, I have like pans there. I just don't know what to do. And the woman was like, all right, you know, no biggie at all. She's like, I'll send a crew out there and you know, go from oh, there. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you know, sounds good. And <laughs> so what I was expecting was like, a couple people in like a, a fire department pickup truck, like just kind of like, you know, <laughs> stroll by, knock on the door, like, you know, make sure like a, how many, a how many, how many large engines showed up? Oh, uh, there was, there was one, like the Lieutenant was there, <laughs> the like the one. whole crew, right? Like the lights were going and everything. Like, it was, like <laughs> they weren't whole... busy that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and they come down into the basement and they check it out and like, they're, they're trying to like do everything they can to get these tanks sealed up. Right. At least for the night, you know, and, until mm -hmm. I could figure something out. And I kid you not, one of the, one of the guys, they had this, this tin of basically like this cement that should be like, 
absolutely perfect right like they told me like this stuff works on everything it works when things are like in wet applications and in dry applications this stuff is is amazing right well i'm watching them and they're trying to put it on the bottom of the tank it kept slipping off the tank oh man because it was so saturated and like the dirt collected to it and it was just like slimy like you know gross thing so i had the fire department tell me oh sorry you know we wish we could have helped you but luckily while the guys were kind of doing their thing I had the lieutenant going through the contacts on her phone from over the years, you know, trying to call people and and get a hold of people to try to help me. And she ended up finding this small oil company out of Fitchburg, which is a a town right next to uh, the town my property was in. And, you know, I left them a message. And uh, at the time, the fire department told me like, oh, you know, you got to shut your tenant's boiler off and you got to shut your unit off. And Mm. I had to go to my tenant and knock on the door and be like, oh, hey, you know, I'm Kyle, I'm the new owner. And you, <laughs> you have, have no, no heat. heat. <laughs> yeah. And I just, oh, I'm wow. like, oh my goodness, this is quite the beginning to the, the journey, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm incredibly blessed. He was like incredibly understanding and like, like totally understood. And I told him, I'm like, man, like I'm running to Walmart right now. I'm grabbing every space heater that I could find. Like money is no object. Yeah. Like you guys need to be right. warm. I'm like the heck with me. Like, I don't care about me. I'm like, you guys need to be okay. You know, that's, that's all that matters to me right now. And, uh, he totally understood. So I started running to Walmart and the company that the Lieutenant called calls me back. And, um, you know, I was talking to the gentleman for a little while and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I totally get it, man. He's like, I'm skiing at, at a nearby mountain with my kids right now. But you know, if you want, I can come by in a couple hours and, and check things out. And I was like, yeah, like that would be absolutely like incredible. Like, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And um, I pick up the heaters. I, I give them to my tenant. The guy ends up coming by, you know, a, a little while later. And he had these magnets, these really strong magnets. They were about this big for you guys that are listening, you know, just on the, the regular podcast version without the video. It was basically like this small, like probably less than like a two by two inch metal magnet. And it had a gasket mm. around it. So these guys like just go out to the the truck. They get a couple <laughs> of these things. They stick them right on the tank oh my goodness that was it (laughs) fix them oh my gosh it was one of those is that a permanent fix was that a permanent fix or is that temporary until not at all yeah it it was a hundred percent a temporary fix but yeah yeah. basically like he just stuck them to the bottom of the tanks and he told me he's like you know if you want like i can give you a quote uh for now you know and we can get this thing started asap and i'm like that sounds perfect i'm like i just need Mm -hmm. to get this done and taken care of right um so at least the hazard was, uh, you know, kind of contained for for the moment. And I got the quote from them. It was absolutely awesome. They started the next day, uh, you know, did their thing, drained the tanks, um, you know, and started to install the new tanks. And he actually, he told me before he left that night, he's like, yeah, you know, like, like the oil, the tanks are good. Like you can turn the tenant's boiler back on yeah, and they'll nice. I'm like, all right, perfect. It was a a low four-figure expense right after yeah. closing on a property so mm. i can definitely stress the importance for having reserves mm-hmm. for unexpected events that will come up whether you have a, a one-bedroom condo or you have like a 50-unit building that you just bought with a ton of other people yeah. you know it's the, the importance of reserves is is absolutely crucial because what is it murphy's law um oh yeah yeah murphy's law what can happen will exactly don't think it will happen it will 
uh-huh exactly yeah, you know and, and these well, i'm glad you stuff. had the yeah i'm glad you had the the reserves in there that's a really good point that you bring up for anybody listening considering about buying investment property that you really do have to have you you can't buy your investment property and take your savings down to zero you have to be ready for those unexpected things that happen that you don't even think are going to happen. They're going to happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up this story. And what I really, what I really like about it is your care and concern for your tenants. And I'm sure that's came through to them in you going out, buying the heaters, one, you know, being present, understanding their situation. I, I would imagine that's going to go a long way in the future as well. Um, what are some changes that you made in your life that you didn't think would have big results? Sure. I, I do actually, if you don't mind, I, I did sure. kind of want to share the uh, the big imperative lesson that I that Oh, from that, that I sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> like like that fast. wasn't a big one enough. Yeah, right. Like that wasn't big enough. No, please squeeze every ounce of wisdom out of that as you can. I'm, I'm all ears. Go for it. Definitely. But the biggest experience that literally like, I feel like it almost like, like punched me in the face almost like once I found those tanks starting to leak was that if I was going to be in this game for a long period of time, which I 110% do like real estate is hundred percent, the thing that I'm passionate about. And that's, that's what I forecast for my career. Like that's, that's all I want to do for, for my life really. Um, but the big lesson that I took from that was if I wanted to be in this game for a very long period of time, the lesson was, was that events like this that are unexpected are going to come up once in a while. You know, tanks are going to go, pipes are going to freeze, your basement's going to get flooded. That's a story for, for another day. <laughs> um, but like, you just have to be able to like, look at a situation and be able to take a step back and just breathe and just mm -hmm. like rationalize and figure out, okay, like, how am I going to fix this? Who are the people that I need to go to, to be able to just get this thing cleaned up? And like, you just have to just, just roll with it, you know, cause it's, it's part of the real estate game. Like I said, a minute ago, you know, things are going to happen and something like this, it can be really scary. I was, I was scared, yeah. you know, crapless, you know what I mean? And not knowing what to do. Yeah. And like, everything's just like going crazy all of a sudden, you just have to be able to just, just take a breath yeah. Yeah. and and just figure out how you're going to do it. You're yeah, going to not to get emotion. Yeah. Try not to get emotional in the moment because it does cloud your judgment when you are all like all excited and not sure what to do. So I can, I can understand that, but you're right. Take a deep breath and Absolutely. just kind of try and be as calm as you can. But you bring up a really good point. If you're going to be in real estate for a long time, it's, a good idea to get people on your side, on your team, even before some, uh, something happens, you know, have your, have your handyman lined up, make sure you know who can service the equipment that is on your property, make sure you have all that contact information and you build those resources over time so that when something does pop up unexpectedly, you've got this person or this person who you know and who you trust, who you can, can can call on. What else have you done that has shaped you and what you didn't think would have a big result does? So I actually, um, from the, the very, very beginning of my journey, when I started to, you know, kind of get the idea that I need to start to build a network, be around all these like-minded people um, all the time, 
I wanted to go to my first meetup for weeks and weeks and months and months and I would procrastinate and be like oh no like it's my you know dog's half birthday like I didn't have a dog yet like you know what I mean because <laughs> I, I was nervous um you know and kind of had those like self-limiting beliefs like not knowing really much about anything like oh you know like all these big investors are gonna be there and like you know I'm I'm just a guy you know that's that thinks this stuff's kind of cool like I don't this isn't gonna be my place like all of those thoughts that go off in your head all the time, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that was preventing me from going to my first event and really jumping into mm -hmm. the journey. There was one event, it was in Charlestown, Massachusetts, that I forced myself out of my comfort zone to go to. Mm -hmm. And it was for, um, so Robert Kiyosaki has a game called uh, Cashflow. It's like a board mm -hmm. game. Anyway, so basically this was like a really small event with like less than 10 people in Charlestown, Massachusetts one night, it was in a coffee shop that I really wanted to go to. And I ended up going and I ended up meeting this woman, Lisa, who was the very first person to essentially get me started in like everything, like, like, like start mm. to rewire my brain, like real estate, investing, entrepreneurship, like different paths, like all of this began with Lisa Manfredi and, and Lisa, Shout out to you, my friend. She was the first person that I ever came across that was financially free already. And like mm -hmm. I had, I learned so much from her. If I didn't force myself to go to that first meetup, I would have never mm -hmm. met Lisa. And I 110% mm -hmm. would not have what I had today. If it all started with that one very, very small step that turned into a big one. And that just kind of came on me soon. <laughs> but <laughs> that's quite all right. That's the whole point. And that's what we wanted to do. That's how we get but, um... from point A to point B. And I, you bring up a really good point, Kyle. And I just want to emphasize this to our listeners that those small things that you do, sometimes you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. And you could have a very positive outcome from it as well. And one of the things you mentioned that she did or helped you with was rewiring your brain and giving you a different framework to think about. And a lot of us, when we get stuck in our habits and we feel that we're stuck in our lives, generally it's because we have our own limiting beliefs. We have things going on in our head. A lot of times we believe lies that aren't true. And when you get out of your comfort zone, like you said, and you go meet other people who have different ideas than you do, it can lead to an amazing transformation for you and it beneficial for the other person as well. Because I find that as I talk to more people and meet more people, they want to share their stories. They all have things to share. They all want to enrich somebody else's life. And it's just out there for the taking, so to speak. It, you just have to ask. You have, just have to find the right people in the right places. So I'm so excited for what she's done for you and where you are now. You mentioned to me, you did a presentation to a crowd of 30 people at your local meetup. Do you want to just briefly touch on that experience and what you talked about, how you wound up there? Just share with us a little bit about that. I would love to. Yeah, that that was a very pivotal moment, you know, in terms of growth that happened last year. So through like just networking and, you know, building relationships and like just pretty much essentially like trying to help people out in, in kind of every way that I can. 
I developed a lot of friendships and one of my buddies, uh, shout out to, to Jason Regan, love you, buddy. Um, and, and Anthony Valera as well. They are a couple, uh, awesome, you know, investors, Jason's an agent, Anthony's a wholesaler out of, uh, Leominster, Massachusetts, the same place where I bought my property. And they were starting a meetup in Leominster and they asked me if I wanted to do a presentation to that group. And I, I was like beyond flattered. And I remember like, I was so amped up to do this, like the day of like putting like, obviously, I mean, before that, but like putting the slideshow together and, and kind of rehearsing mm -hmm. it a little bit, because there was just so much information. Like I told the oil story uh, at that event. Mm -hmm. And it, it definitely hit because, you know, it was in Leominster and Leominster Fire. And yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was interesting. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I essentially like just jumped up there. I was scared, like, like there was no tomorrow suit, to be honest with you. And because like, I've yeah. never done anything like this at all. Like, you know, like hopping on a podcast, you know, and having like a lot of fun conversations one-on-one -on -one definitely was much it was just kind of a different animal speaking to a crowd of like 30 sets of eyes mm -hmm. looking at you at the same time, you know, and mm -hmm. I definitely was a, a little bit nervous, you know, kind of giving like a presentation like this for the first time, but I started to really, really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and like, at first, mm -hmm. like my voice was shaking a little bit. Like I was, I was nervous, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I mean everybody gets nervous. Yeah. <laughs> completely, completely transparent. I'm not afraid to hide it at all. Right. But as I started to get into it, I started to get like the adrenaline rush of a lifetime, like just mm -hmm. being able to like go up there, share some of my past experiences, share some of the lessons that I personally had gone through with that property and, you know, going through like how building some of the relationships have led me to where I am today and just kind of like give value to people at scale, you know, and mm -hmm. I had just an absolute blast and yeah. I mean, I, I just, I essentially like, like just told my story, uh, you know, and kind of shared some, some different advice for people in the crowd and everything. And it just, mm -hmm. it was an incredibly like pivotal moment that I'm going to rest, remember for the rest of my life. It just, it made me kind of reflect a little bit, you know, from going back to the first experience of being scared to go to my first event with like just a couple people there, like just to, mm -hmm. just to like be alongside people, you know what I mean? to being mm -hmm. asked to present, you know, to a meetup with like 30 people mm -hmm. in there. And it's like, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that like, like anything, like for me in general, I, I say that because anybody out there, like, I feel like everybody has a story to tell and literally mm -hmm. like, just, just share what you're doing with everybody. You know, like, I feel like everybody, everybody has some sort of experience, some sort of value that they can share with other people to be able to benefit the benefit them in in different areas that you know in mm -hmm. real estate and business um you know maybe like areas outside of business and you bring up a really good point that everybody has something that they can share and when people share their experiences like you did with the oil tanks or somebody sharing about how they acquired other properties when people who don't have as much experience start listening it really shortens their learning curve when you start mm -hmm. seeking out people who have gone before you you can actually fast track what it is that you want to accomplish by finding those who have done what you want to do it's 
the the who, not how, right? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a great, great book by Dan Sullivan, the who, not how. <laughs> but just just look for those, look for those people that are going to help you get to where you want to be. I think that's a really good point. What are some things that you're looking forward to because of the changes that you made in your life so far? Yes, besides being definitely. financially free. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely oh, wait, right. Wait. So I, I was going to say, before you answer your question about financial freedom and your friend, Lisa, she is financially free, but you have to also look at, she was in corporate world for a long time. She's an entrepreneur. She owns real estate. And the one point I think I want to pull out just a little bit, that financial freedom number is different for everybody. So for example, my guest last week was Zach Woods. Well, Zach at the moment is financially free. He quit his W-2. He owns a property. He's looking at buying something else and he's in that spot right now. And you're, you're in a different spot. You're not quite financially free yet. Maybe you can be, it doesn't matter, but you know, <laughs> sometimes we choose to work the W2s for a little bit while longer so that we can build up those reserves so that we can have more ammunition, so to speak, to go out and do some more bigger real estate. And, it, and sometimes it takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight, but I think to your point, if you're focused on what you want to achieve and you go after it, you, you can definitely get there. So back to our question, <laughs> what do you look forward to? No, absolutely. I, I did want to congratulate Zach as well. Congratulations, man. That is absolutely awesome. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, I'm excited for him too. <laughs> so something that I look forward to is actually something that I'm going through right now. So another really cool thing about real estate is the concept of building equity. So I bought my property 13 months ago and, you know, just from like, you know, putting, uh, making like repairs and, and stabilizing and, and updating and, you know, a couple different ways, as well as, you know, people buying up properties in the market when like, you know, things are still kind of crazy and, and the appreciation overall just kind of increasing a, a pretty decent amount. It has built a pretty reasonable amount of equity in my property. And I actually just closed on a home equity line of credit uh, last week. And I'm Congrats. very, very excited. Congrats. The line was for a, a pretty reasonable amount of money, uh, which definitely is a catalyst for my next investment. And that's actually, you know, kind of more or less uh, my answer to that question is from being able to take that home equity line, I'm investing most of that cash with a partner that I've been working with, uh, mm. you know, into some of the projects and stuff that that we have going on. And um, I'm super excited, you know, to kind of start the next journey. And what advice would you give to someone who's in their early 20s like you? They're just I would definitely you know? say roll the dice. And I, I say that like I say that carefully, right? Because mm -hmm. especially in age like that, like you have all the time in the world to be able to experiment with different things and like taste different activities, taste different business models, different kinds of properties, like just experiment, you know, and see what the mm -hmm. thing is that really gives you the most gratification and what fulfills your vision the most, um, you know, in terms of a vehicle, you know, and, and just right. like, just That's go all in. Exactly. You know, and, and mm -hmm. my other thing is like, just go all in on yourself too. literally like show everybody you know what you're doing like just be like as transparent as it gets and mm -hmm. you know 
just share like the the good, the bad, the ugly of what you're going through, because the people that will come out of the woodwork and want to, you know, join you on your journey in, in different ways, mm-hmm. whether it be through like uh, partnerships or, um, you know, clients, depending on, you know, what role you're playing in the industry, people that will bring you deals, people that will passively mm-hmm. invest with you, like things are, are just going to happen, you know, like just, just go yeah. all in yeah. on you, put it all on the table and just, just play the game, just roll the dice. Yeah. You I, know? And, yeah I appreciate that. Like the, just going in and figuring out what it is that makes you tick. I mean, yeah. if somebody's watching this or even just listening, uh, they can hear the excitement in your voice when you're starting to talk about real estate. <laughs> and I would say to anyone listening, it's not just, you don't, if real estate doesn't excite you, there is something out there that you are passionate about, you know? So there's something there, go figure out what that thing is. And, and just to reiterate what Kyle said, invest in yourself. I think that's one of the best things anybody can do is invest in themselves and to help them grow as a person. So. I hope you have enjoyed my interview with Kyle so far. Today was part one of two. He had a number of great points that you can walk away with, mainly getting out of your comfort zone, pursuing what you're passionate about, and not being afraid to try something new. Oh yeah, and of course, expect the unexpected. Next week, we'll continue the conversation about how he accomplishes his goals, what systems he has in place, and his advice to people in their 20s. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I value your time with me because I realize you could be listening to someone else right now. If you got any value or think someone else can benefit from what you heard, please spread the word, hit subscribe, and check out my website at www.suesaller.com. Remember, life doesn't get better by chance, it gets better by choice. Take small steps and make today awesome, friends. Have a great day and God bless.